the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode two of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Yes, here we are, episode two, huh? We're doing it. Doing it live? Yes, the uh, the two weeks. We're doing two <laughs> weeks. Not not two a days, but two weeks. Oh boy. Oh boy. And last last week was the most downloaded uh, Thursday episode of all time, right? It certainly was. How yes, about indeed. That? I think it was all the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. It sure was. I, I, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt in my mind, anyway. Uh, so, how'd you feel about the NAI Network debut this past Monday, Brian? I thought it was great. I, I'm sure we'll get into it in Merv Griffin time, but I, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I think we've reached some new audience, uh, you know, some new audience members this week. And yeah, I, I, I think as good as could possibly be expected. What do you think? I think so too. Yeah, definitely some stupendous feedback out there, and we really appreciate it. We will, as you said, uh, get into it a little more in detail in Merv Griffin time in a few minutes. But if this is the first time you're hearing us this week, you're missing out. As we mentioned, we are now coming to you on Mondays from the New Age Insiders Network on their own feed. So search the NAI Network on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you don't miss our regular episodes or visit NewAgeInsiders.com for more information. As for this podcast, well, you out there listening right now, you program this podcast for us. Because every week, we ask a question on Twitter, at the WPAN, and we give you four possible topics. You vote for the one you want to hear us discuss right here on the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the WPAN. And today, we will induct the next member of the prestigious Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But Brian, as I mentioned, we do a poll every week at the WPAN on Twitter, so be sure you follow us there. And the winning topic this week was, it was really close, actually. It was the best bout at a Royal Rumble pay-per-view, winning 33% of the vote and tied for second place at 30% each was the worst gimmick of the early 90s and our funniest ring moments. So it was really close. It was a three-way dead heat for most of the uh, most of the time this poll was up, Brian. I know, a bit surprising, I think, uh, or at least for me it was, a bit surprising that this topic won. I thought I thought the funniest ring stories moment would win for sure. 
that was kind of in the lead for most of the time this poll was running, but at the last minute, uh, best bout at a Rumble pay-per-view kind of won by a nose. So we will definitely get those other topics back up there uh, very soon on the poll because there are obviously a lot of people wanted to hear that. So we will definitely put those to a vote one more time. But this week on episode two of the BDA Radio Exclusive Edition of the WPAN, it is the best bout at a Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Actually, on Twitter, we got a couple of people that gave their take for the best bout at a Rumble pay-per-view. Randall Keough, at Randall Keough on Twitter, said the Battle of the Kings, Harley Race versus King Haku from 1989. I don't know if you remember this, Brian. No, I don't. That was out of left field. And uh, actually, now that he says it, I'd like to go back and watch that match at some point. Well, I recall it not being a very exciting matchup. It was kind of, it's kind of, it was like a double heel match. The only thing that kind of saved it uh, entertainment-wise was Bobby Heenan because uh, his whole thing, the whole match was whoever was on top, he was on their side. So he would switch back and forth (laughs) throughout the match. That was the only thing that brought entertainment value to this thing. It was not a very good match, especially, like I said, basically a double heel match, which was rarely seen and, and still today rarely seen in wrestling two of the tough guys uh like real life tough guys uh that you hear about in, in professional wrestling randall also said yeah this is two guys who if they fought for real we wouldn't know who would win and probably the one guy not afraid of haku is harley race you know who, who we could possibly get some insight in on haku is uh our good friend duke stalton really yeah i saw i saw duke stalton get his brains beaten in by haku uh, for, I believe, Sunday Night Heat at, at the TD Garden. I definitely want to do that at some point down the line. Uh, I got something kind of on the books, but uh, nothing confirmed. I want to do something like a, you know, the life of a 1990s enhancement talent. Because know, we know a couple guys <laughs> that, have, uh, that did a bunch of jobs on WWF TV in the 90s. And it'd be great. I think it'd be some great stories there. You were a big fan of one fella <laughs> who was, right? Oh, Tony Roy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course. He's kind of one of his boys. One of the few got one of the few uh jobbers still you can actually search on the WWE network. So yes. look for some Tony Roy stuff on the WWE network. There's tons of it. Yeah, kind of inadvertently got me into the wrestling business. Uh so if you want to blame anyone, I guess one of the people to blame is Tony Roy. So uh, <laughs> uh also Brendan M. He is at Dragon Eyes. Dragon Eyes with a Z on Twitter. He said, there are so many classics at the Royal Rumble, but my favorite has to be Edge versus Dolph Ziggler at Royal Rumble 2011. And I believe this was in Boston. We talked about it last week on the Thursday edition about Diesel and you being actually backstage at this Rumble in in 2011. Uh, Do you remember this Edge versus Dolph match? Not one single solitary <laughs> second of it, my man. <laughs> to be to be fair, I was watching on, uh, and and you'll and you'll know what I'm talking about. They have like those little like production carts, right? Um, kind of you know a couple of them here and there. And I was watching on a monitor that looks like they look like the monitors that um, are are on the announcers' tables. Like it was like that size, and that's the that's the type of monitor I was, I was watching from uh, in the little like side hallway. Uh, the little yeah, you, you'll know what I'm talking about, Mike. The little side hallway, hallway where you walk down it and it leads straight to catering at the garden. Yes. Okay. Yes. I was actually <laughs> there a couple weeks ago. I was a uh, production for a interview with uh, a member of the Boston Celtics, so I was back there for that. 
And you were totally confused because you thought you were going to interview a uh, 50-year-old man. And it turns out the, <laughs> yes. the 23-year-old basketball player. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we're going to interview Isaiah Thomas. So I'm expecting, <laughs> oh, okay, the, the Pistons must be in town. So <laughs> I had no idea that there was a guy, uh, like a 20, young, you know, early 20s, Isaiah Thomas. All right, who knew? Uh, every, everybody in Boston except you. <laughs> Okay, so uh, thank you, Brendan and Randall, for your contributions here. But uh, let's talk about what we thought for the best bouts at the Royal Rumble ever. Um, One that came to mind, not exactly because it was one of the best, but uh, we always make this a little personal, Brian. Uh, I was in attendance at the Royal Rumble 1994, which was in Providence, Rhode Island. And one of the most memorable matches in Royal Rumble history was... The Undertaker versus Yokozuna in a casket match. Oh, okay. Is this, Do you remember this, what became of this match? It, yeah, is this where he, uh, the Undertaker ascends to the heavens? Yes. Yes. <laughs> the Undertaker died this night. The dead man passed away. The, the flame can never be extinguished, right? Is that is that one of the lines? Yeah, well, yeah where they had the, the camera inside the, the, the casket, yes. It was a... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like 12 or however many guys uh, forced The Undertaker into the casket. It was like a complete screw job of a casket match. And yeah, then The Undertaker uh, rose from behind the screen to the heavens. And uh, he wasn't seen for a very long time until they did the uh, Undertaker versus Undertaker match at that SummerSlam, I believe. I believe that was the same year. Leslie Nielsen was on the case. Yes, he certainly was. <laughs> he was bumbling and fumbling around, but he ended up getting the job done, I guess. Or did he? Or maybe he didn't. But uh, yeah, the Undertaker versus Yokozuna casket match, that's one that um, I remember, but probably for the wrong reasons. But my pick, let me give you my pick for the best match at a Royal Rumble event. Um, it was from the Royal Rumble 2000. It was at Madison Square Garden, and it was... Triple H versus Cactus Jack in a street fight. Do you recall this? I do recall this match, yes. This match was, um, well, they did a match a month later that kind of sealed the deal, but this series of matches that Triple H had with Cactus Jack kind of established Triple H as a top guy in the WWF. Is, is there not rumors of like of like Triple H getting upset over people saying that? Right. Have you ever seen that on your beloved dirt sheets? I think so. I think even McFoley has addressed this in places that, yeah, there's some kind of strange heat there. But uh, allegedly, allegedly, folks, I found out if you you can say anything you want to podcast. I think that I was listening to uh, Book in the Territory. You can say anything on a podcast as long as you say afterwards, allegedly. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. Triple H was pushed for a long time before he finally got over as a top guy. And uh, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, doing uh, everything he can in this series of matches. There was this match here at Rumble 2000. And then the next month was a Hell in a Cell match at No Way Out that ended up being, for a short period of time anyway, Mick Foley's retirement match. That is what basically established Triple H as a main event player in the WWF and regardless of what heat or what is said, I mean, I don't think that really, when you look back at this, I don't think it could be disputed. Even without the historical significance, it was a 
fantastic match. It was a street fight. They went all over the place. There was one point um, where Triple H was backdropped onto a wooden pallet, and a jagged piece of wood kind of uh, pierced his calf. So he was bleeding from the calf like he wasn't moving very well, but... um, he got through the match. They did uh, a ton of crazy stuff. Uh, Cactus Jack took a pedigree into thumbtacks, which, I mean, you know, taking the thumbtacks with your back is one thing, but face first into thumbtacks, that I would assume is no um, lazy day at the office, if that is a term, which it probably <laughs> is not. But yeah, that, that match, uh, it is memorable. It is significant uh, in terms of what it did for the talents involved, and that's why that is my best match at a Royal Rumble event. Any disputing that, Brian? No, I think that I think that's that's right up there. I mean, I have I have a couple of different ones, but no, I think that I think that one is is right up there for as you said the h- historical significance and just it was a really friggin' good match. I, ironically enough, um, one of mine uh, that I chose is the the year before at the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble 1999, mm-hmm. uh, also involves uh, Mick Foley slash Mankind. Uh, it is well documented on the Beyond the Mat uh, movie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it, it is the I Quit match between uh, Mankind and The Rock. Uh, and I watched I watched this back today, uh, as I did the other one uh, when I get into it, but I watched this back today and – Good God, was this match brutal. Are your shoulders still <laughs> scrunched up? Are you still wincing? <laughs> I, I, I mean, and I, and I, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw this match. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I probably watched it live and then since then I probably only have seen highlights of it. But Jesus, ugh. like the, the, the repeated chair shots to the head. His, with mankind's hand, you know, hand, hands handcuffed behind his back from the rock, yeah. were just <sighs> sickening. Like, like in a, and not even in like, you know, like in a very real like sense of like, oh my god, like that's not okay. That's not like, you, you, it, it's it's a level of violence you would never see uh, in WWE today. Never, not in a million years would they go. Um, even if you remove the blood. Uh, the WWE would never, ever, ever go to the links of the violence of that that having a man handcuffed and, and getting repeatedly bashed in the head with a you know with a steel chair. Um, there was the there was the the one spot where they climbed up to the crowd and the Rock threw mankind off on top of uh, like an electrical thing and they had sparks flying. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember that. And Shane McMahon came out and and, and was being compassionate and going to stop the match and. I mean, there's the funny spots with the microphone too, with the with the Rock and Mankind both saying, you know, saying no, they're not going to quit. And but uh, I mean that ma- this match will forever be remembered for just the the vicious beating that uh, Mick Foley took, and you know, it, you know, probably a good ac- accompaniment. And, and I don't know how many of our listeners have or haven't seen Beyond the Mat. But go back on the network, watch this match, and then uh, go back and watch that part of Beyond the Mat where um, Mick Foley's family is just completely traumatized in front of yes. cameras. Um, I'm trying to put myself back in in that time frame. Like, back then, were you and I, like, 
oh my god this is terrible this is disgusting or were we just like okay that's chair shots to the head a few times no i i mean i was i'm sure i was loving it uh, you know like i was the rock was my favorite uh, even at that point even with him being uh being a heel and i, I can't imagine i i mean i mean i'm sure because I, I think it was cringeworthy but I, I don't think you know i can't imagine i was looking at it you know other than maybe like wincing a little bit but i can't imagine i was looking at it like oh my god this is horrible like i i'm sure i loved it uh but now watching it has uh you know, a 35-year-old man been in wrestling for 15 years, and uh, maybe I've taken three or four chair shots to the head in my entire entire career, and every single time I put my hands up, I can't imagine taking that many unprotected chair shots to the head. And they weren't they weren't light, like <laughs> they weren't. No, I mean, uh, WWE actually has done a fairly good job of of not editing out uh, controversial stuff uh, out of their. Um, out of their content, which they shouldn't because it's part of their history. And, and unless it was just completely like something egregious, you know, then I, yeah, I'm glad they leave that stuff in. But uh, just uh, imagine that watching it back left an even uh, even more lasting impression than it already had on me. Yes. Um, and speaking of editing things out, uh -oh. um, my, my, my number one match is actually a match I was uh, – the Royal Rumble I was in attendance for. It's 2003. It was in Boston. And you can't talk about one of the individuals without immediately thinking about one of the most horrible things in the history of professional wrestling. Um, but for one moment, let's not think about that. I know it's hard to. and I know, I know the context of it. But Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit from the 2003 Royal Rumble. One of the most incredible matches I've ever been in attendance for live and then watching it back today again as somebody and I, and I may have seen this match once or twice uh since seeing it live and in person but watching it back again even today just an unbelievable match the story these guys told uh the back and forth the exchange uh of submission holds how on fire the crowd was and at this point 2003 the crowd hadn't turned to what they kind of are today uh you know you didn't get the the this is awesome, you know, both these guys, you didn't get those types of chants at that point. Like it, that hadn't evolved yet. But there were like three points in this match where the crowd just erupts, just like almost like standing ovations for these guys. And the match is still going on. Uh, it was after like fa a false finish or um, just an incredible match. You know, again, if you can kind of remove from your mind for one moment the Chris Benoit stuff and just go back and kind of try to watch this match, uh, you will be blown away. If you haven't seen this match, go watch it. If 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 you haven't seen it recently, go watch it, and because uh, it it is it is fantastic. I don't know if you were in attendance for that one, Mike, but I was not. That match is outstanding. One of the one of the best matches I've ever seen. It's not going to be one I think that Kurt Angle brings up in his Hall of Fame speech. Uh, no. <laughs> he, he uh, of course, announced as the first member of the Hall of Fame this year. And I honestly could tell you I have Chris Benoit's DVD. I bought it when it came out. I honestly don't believe I've seen a Chris Benoit match since this whole thing went down. And I don't know how I'd feel watching a Chris Benoit match. Uh, I mean, maybe I could separate it, but it's just he's just uh, it's really hard to, I think, to separate that action from from the person even him as a wrestling character it just it doesn't 
really mesh with me, I think. <laughs> well, thanks for completely crapping all over my, <laughs> my choice. You always find a way. You always find a way. It's uh, <laughs> it's a special talent you have. Just, hey, everybody, go watch this match. I don't know. I couldn't watch this match. I'd be far too disgusted to ever, <laughs> <laughs> to ever lower myself as to watch such filth. <laughs> well, that's that's what this podcast is about. We have some differences sometimes, Brian. <laughs> if you can stand to watch this match, uh, I guess Brian suggests you go back and watch it. I, no, I do remember it being – I remember the uh, – I believe Kurt Angle went over – and I remember them going to a replay or whatnot, and then coming back, and Benoit is in the ring, and the fans just spontaneously, uh, you know, ripping up an applause and and cheering him for his in a losing effort, but still uh, giving him accolades for the for the match for the performance that night. To be to be to be fair, to people, I mean, to people, and 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 correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure somewhere along the line, there's been like an actor who's done something horrible. Do people not go back and watch those movies anymore? Like, I don't know. That's the way I kind of look at it. Like I haven't seen a naked gun movie <laughs> in years and years, Brian. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and not to make light of the situation, because obviously it was a horrendous tragedy. And, um, but I mean, in that moment to watch that, the level that, um, as performers that those two guys performed on absolutely incredible something anybody in this business or anybody who tries to be in, in the wrestling business should aspire to. Um, and it's, it's a match because of the circumstances that doesn't really ever get talked about and, and never really will in, in terms of WWE, you know, and I, and I get why, but you know, as a fan, go back and watch this match. It's, it, it, it's worth your time. All right, so those are our picks, folks. What are your picks? What is your best match to take place at the Royal Rumble event in its long history? Be sure to tweet at us, at the WPAN, and Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Let us know how you feel about our picks, and let us know your own picks for the best match at a Rumble event. Okay, Brian, let's do a little Merv Griffin time here. It is named for your favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. This is our chance to sit down with the listeners and talk. We talk to you, and most importantly, you talk to us. Now, we're doing our voicemails over on the NAI Network Edition of the podcast, so we want to ask you now to get yours in for this coming Monday. We'll play them on the podcast on the NAI Network. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And the way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time is to use our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Okay, first things first, from John Morse. He says, I think at Mike504Saints believes in, and he puts the unicorn emoji. And this is after <laughs> I mentioned that uh, Mike Mills believes that the NFL is a work. Oh, I thought it meant... Uh Mike Mills believes in the power of positivity. Uh, maybe he does. <laughs> well, no. Have you heard his podcast? <laughs> it's not a lot of positivity when it comes to a WWE anyway over there at Book of the Territory. Uh, and speaking of Mike Mills, at Mike504Saints, he says, Boy, I could sense the pain in at Brian Malonis's voice giving at BTT underscore podcast props on the WPAN on its debut on the NAI <laughs> network. That's not true at all. <laughs> such heat there, Brian, such heat. Uh, and yes, it's of all, course, it's all, it's all one-sided. 
It's all one-sided on your side. Yes. No, that's not true. <laughs> Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Make sure to check it out. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher. Our friend Mike Mills. Great podcast. So check that out. Uh, okay, Rant with Ant. At Rant with Ant on Twitter. He says, pumped to have you guys on the network. It just keeps getting better. Yes, Ant is also on the New Age Insiders Network. And he has a big coup. Did you see this on Twitter, Brian? I did. He I scored did. a big interview with uh, one of the most um, talked about uh, wrestlers on the independent scene, former UFC fighter Matt Riddle. So Matt Riddle coming soon to rant with Ant on the New Age Insiders Network. So be sure to check Boy, him maybe out. We could, maybe we could have gotten that if I, if I only ever came across Matt Riddle, ever. Yeah, you've never met him, have you? Oh, uh, you know, maybe. On every Beyond once. Wrestling show? <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure I was waiting for you to send me some shitty text <laughs> yelling at me. <laughs> no, no, no. We're we're glad that uh that Ant got the uh got the interview. That's fantastic for him over at uh, Rant with Ant. Okay, uh also Cody Collier at Cody Collier thirty seven uh wished us well and said we had a, a good debut. Matt McCool from the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company at McCool NAI. Uh hilarious show, guys. Thank you. Make sure to check out the Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company on the New Age Insiders Network. Uh, Leo, at Leo underscore Ibanez, uh, said he loved the Vince McMahon story. Uh, yes, we retold uh, Brian's encounter with the chairman of WWE on Monday's episode. Uh, at Edward Sharp 6, at LA State of Mind 16, everyone uh, wishing us well, and thank you very much. At Shea 1717, that's C H E. 1717 um chip at chip kctb awesome show per usual so happy you guys broke up the dirt sheet shuffle for the debut of course why uh, wouldn't we freaking <laughs> sh- shocking that your boy puts that over uh, why wouldn't he why wouldn't he it's it's a great segment the best segment <laughs> america's game uh so make sure you check out check in the boots his podcast this week they broke the kurt angle story brian who did? Checking the boots with Chip and Tony. They broke the Kurt Angle story. What do you mean? I thought ESPN did. Well, they were recording when when it broke. So they were they were like the first podcast in pro wrestling podcasting to have the Kurt Angle story to discuss it live. So what oh, do you think of that? Okay, well that's pretty cool. That's a good timing, huh? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. So check out checking the boots. Glenn Abbott at GA WrestleNut says, breaking news, at Brian Malonis wants Twitter to burn. <laughs> yes. I do. I do. We talked about that on Monday. Go back and listen to our debut on the New Age Insiders Network if you want to hear. Yeah, we're not, we're not giving it to you. We're not giving it to you. You, you want to hear why or how I want Twitter to burn, you need to go back and listen to it. Yes, definitely. And <laughs> TK at THOG94, he's very surprised. He said, no mention of Brian Buffet or Croc Sox blowing up in his return to the ring. As you introduce <laughs> yourselves, what happened here? <laughs> well, I had to let you put over your gimmick uh, to our new audience of extended hiatus. So. Yes. <laughs> All right. And uh, I, I said basically we had so we, we needed something to talk about today. So on this podcast. So uh, yeah, you used to be known as Brian Buffet. So haha. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks to everyone who was a part of Merv Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDA Radio dot com.
Okay, Brian, last week on the new and expanded BDA Radio exclusive podcast, I instituted a very unique and very exclusive, actually a very prestigious Hall of Fame. We are honoring the coolest cackles, the greatest guffaws in the business. You know, those sinister snickers that make you realize that this professional wrestler is pure evil. With many thanks to the spiritual director of this illustrious facility, Tarzan Taylor, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. First off, let's state some facts. The franchise does not suck. That's a fact. Look at Tory. Good God Almighty. Billy Kidman. Sit down and shut up. Billy Kidman. I'm sure you can sympathize with me, my friend. Take it easy on me. I'm worn out. Me and Tory here, well, we've been spending the last week uh, getting to know each other and. <laughs> man, am I tired. <laughs> You better, better not be, I can tell you that. That's a hell of a workout, I bet. a few facts for you Motor City morons. Fact! Billy Kidman, you've lost a woman like this because you weren't man enough to hold her. And I wonder what's worse, to be like some of these morons and never have a woman like Tori? Or is it worse to have had a woman like Tori and lost her to a franchise. <laughs> That's a tough call. What would you think, Tony? The fact, Billy, is you are not, nor will you ever be a franchise. The fact, Auburn Hills, is tonight I become U.S. Heavyweight Champion, and there ain't a damn thing you all can do about it. And that's a fact, Jack! Watch the franchise playing the emotional game with Kidman. All right, Brian, the franchise Shane Douglas takes his rightful place in the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. You're going with all the headliners uh, right out of the gate here, Mike. We got to get the big boys out of the way. <laughs> we got to get the big boys. Uh, actually, the uh, the Playboy put in a call to me, so yeah, <laughs> called in a favor. Is that a fact? <laughs> Jackass! <laughs> 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 he, you know, I liked about that promo was he he varied up the heel laughs. That he switched it up a little bit. They weren't the same every time. <laughs> they were all over the place. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes, uh, this this heel laugh Hall of Fame stuff. It takes a little while to find the best audio with the most amount and the most varied, as you said, heel laughs. That promo by Shane Douglas. If you were teaching a uh, <laughs> yes. in, an introductory one hundred one level how to cut a heel promo. Like that would be the promo you show them because that's like you got the heel laugh, you got the cheap heat, you got the yes, calling the people morons. He's got it all. He's got yeah. it all. <laughs> I didn't see the visual of it, but uh, I was just listening to the audio. But they were in Detroit, right? I believe so. Yes. I'm I'm gu- I'm guessing uh, maybe he was in like a White Sox jersey or something, or <laughs> or maybe a Green Bay Packers jersey. Or he something. might as well have been. He might as well or, have been. Or maybe or maybe an I hate this town T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was a classic, wasn't it? Congratulations to Shane Douglas 
and the Playboy Jimmy James for the franchise's <laughs> induction into I the Yale Laugh Hall of Fame. On, the Playboy could have been on to accept on uh, Shane Douglas's behalf. We'll have to do that. We'll have to get him on here to officially hand over the uh, <laughs> the trophy or whatever it is we're going to give these people, right? <laughs> all right, to check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory, please find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. All right, Brian, you are packing your bags. Well, I guess probably packing your bags very slowly right now. About to hit those highways and byways in, you know, not this weekend, but next weekend, I guess. Uh, right? What, you're, I mean, you're... I got, I got something this weekend, Mike. Oh, you do? You added something. All I right. do. Some, yeah, something, something very big that's come up. Uh, something wow. very exciting. You know, I, 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 something I'm very, I'm very, very pumped for. Uh, I've been talking about it a lot on social media. I don't know how you, how you missed it. I will be, uh, along with the Pittsburgh Steelers, taking on the New England Patriots in the oh, AFC Championship game. Those ball-deflating, spy-gating, cheating pieces of crap. Oh, huh? Jesus. You're suiting up? You're suiting up? You're, you're, you're with the Steelers? Uh, I mean, I'll be, I'll wear, I'll be wearing, uh, I'll be in full regalia. Will ya? <laughs> As, <laughs> I'll be living and dying with each play. Uh, I'll feel like I'm in the game. Uh, I've been taking it on the chin a little bit this week from uh, some of the meatballs out there. <laughs> the meatballs. These people are smug. They think the game's over. It's like the Steelers shouldn't even show up. But let me tell you, if you are a freaking Patriots fan, the wrestling podcast about nothing on Monday morning, if the Patriots lose, is going to be a miserable experience for you. So you're saying we have to record on Sunday night after the game? <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly what i'm saying all oh right uh, all right well next thursday will be <laughs> a miserable experience for you i have been getting killed and crushed and just berated uh um, by folks on social media i've been fighting back all i can uh but it's one against the world so hypersensitive cry baby just jagoffs Oh my God! Uh, yeah, imagine if your uh, your beloved Steelers get crushed, and then I come traipsing in with the recording gear, and you have to do an hour <laughs> podcast. That won't go well. You enjoy misery, especially when it involves me so much. So, all right. Well, to book the kingpin, uh, not to watch a football game, but to book him to wrestle, email Brian <laughs> well, Malone. I mean, to be to be fair, to be fair, is watching this game with me would that not be entertaining? I hey, if there is somebody out there who has an extra ticket, I promise you, it'll be entertaining. That's all I can promise. I'm trying to get booked where you're, where you're watching it, and so we can I can uh, try to get video going for the uh, wrestling podcast about nothing Facebook page. I, I, I don't know where I'm watching it yet. I, I have like five standing <laughs> invitations right now. Uh, I think just because people want to see my complete and other mental meltdown during this game. <laughs> well, uh, keep your eyes out um, to your social media. I'm sure uh, we'll get a lot of information uh, over the weekend. Okay. I, I, I will say, uh, win, lose, or draw for the Steelers, we're gonna have, we'll have something special on Monday for the folks, right? I think so. I think so. so. All right, so for more of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Emma Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk. That's BDA Radio. Dot com. A couple of patriot-loving scumbags. <laughs>
<laughs> now, as you said, we will be back next week with episode 40 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. That's Monday on the NAI Network. Go to NewAgeInsiders.com for more on that. Then catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. My name is Mike Crockett, and thanks for nothing.